Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast should be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. Hello. There we go. Hey. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm fine. How are you? Good. We were talking about our meatless tofu turkey. Oh, I love meatless anything. I'm I I'm with you all on that. Come on, come on. Is yes. that what you eat for, for Thanksgiving? Do you do a a meatless turkey, a tofu turkey? I've never done a tofu turkey. That that's something new to me. So I'll have to try that maybe this year for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay, okay. So we're gonna try it together then. I yeah, think- we can do that. No, I think we should do the um, watermelon roast. Have you tried that? Watermelon roast? I need it's to get so some recipes good. from you all. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it looks so good. That is amazing. Seriously, really? it tastes like a roast, like the, the yeah. flavoring, but then you bite in it, it has the watermelon juices. It's salty and sweet. It's salty and sweet because you season it just like you would do a roast. Yeah. And you peel the watermelon, completely, all the... Uh-huh. Uh, off. And it looks brown like a roast, but then when you cut in it, it's red like mm. it's supposed to be. It looks like it, it looks like it's uh, raw on the inside. You know what I mean? Really? Yes, yeah. it's so good. So good. Oh my yeah. word! <laughs> I need to try that next time we make one. We have to bring it yeah. and let you taste. It's so good. We make watermelon yeah. burgers, watermelon wraps, watermelon wraps. Yep. Yes, it's so good. So. Really? And, to, and mm-hmm. see, you have to cook the well the watermelon for a while. You can't just put it in and take it out. You have to steam it with right. onions, and you have to uh-huh. I mean, you cook it just like you would cook anything else. Because if you do it too soon, then it's not going to be cooked. It's just like a regular watermelon. So you yeah. got to cook it like you would do meat. Yeah, you ch- it changes the, the texture changes in the watermelon. Right. The texture changes. It actually can, turns like meaty, like a meaty texture. So it's actually pretty really. Good. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Naya laughing. Okay, Naya. You can laugh all you want, Naya. I'm right, Naya. But uh, we're going to have a meatless feast. And we're going to invite all of our uh, church friends. And we ain't going to tell everybody that it was a, it's a meatless feast. Oh, yeah. He's already planned it out. Yeah, it's done. We're going to have a barbecue. Come, and uh, we're going to just show them that it is possible. That's it's right. Possible. <laughs> Oh, right. So it's so good to it's you say it's too late. I done told everybody, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids kept talking about they was hungry last time. I was like, we kept feeding them food. They was they just they mine couldn't be wrapped around the fact that there was no meat on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to have you on here tonight, Sean. It's so good to have you. We love you so much. And we can't wait to, just to hear everything you have to talk about, about surviving trauma, which is what we named the show tonight about surviving trauma. And we want you to just kind of talk and, and we'll have questions about everything, but we kind of want to just hear your heart on what surviving trauma is all about. What is a voice awakening? What is Ava? What is, um, uh, how do we survive trauma? How do we survive child abuse? How do we, tr- how do we survive PTSD. I mean, many of us think about PTSD. We think about the military, but what about the the everyday life PTSD? Um, about what our children grow up with, what we grew up with as with this children. Virus. With the virus, yeah. yeah I mean, just so is... much. And um, I've sat in, in on your Financial on your messages PTSD. before, and I've sat in just listening to you talk about trauma and mm. life situations. So I'm excited of what you get to bring to the show. I want everybody to know that. Tonight, um, 
the lines are open. So if you hear something that you want to talk about or you want have questions about, please call in. This is your time to really address some of the trauma in your life. Um, Shana, could you just talk about yourself a little bit? Talk about your your training and well, how did you get started? And how did you even get started? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, first of all, I want to say thank y'all so much for having me on. Anytime I get the opportunity um, to share about trauma, I'm so excited about that because that is my passion. Just helping people to be aware, really, of trauma in others. Um, you know, a lot of times people say, well, what do you do? I say, I'm just a girl trying to change the world through trauma-informed care. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of times people, when they hear they hear the word trauma, they think of a train wreck or uh, a rape or um, domestic violence. You know, you think of or a fire. But I often say that trauma could be as as big as that or as small, which is not really small, <laughs> as being so stressed at, you know, at home or on your job that it turns into toxic stress, mm-hmm. which can then in turn turn into trauma. And so we have to re-identify what trauma really looks like uh, because my my goal is to help you see what's going on on the insides of your bodies. You know, we can we we always um, can kind of dress ourselves up. And I, I like to use the phrase show up looking all together lovely. Right. Um, right. And we're toe up from the floor up on the inside. And so um, so that's what I try to help people to see, be aware of the signs of traumas and trauma in others, but also be able to see what trauma or toxic stress is doing to us on the inside of our bodies. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how good we look on the outside if we're dying on the inside. Right. And yeah. so, um, yeah, so it, it's just it. I, I just I try to go as deep as I can without injuring people and uh, as deep as the Lord will allow me to cut with the scalpel <laughs> to mm-hmm. kind of kind of pick at that trauma where we can kind of get it peeled back some where they can start to heal. And so, um, you know, a, a lot of us are carrying trauma from our childhood and, and it, it, it affects us. It just looks differently, uh, when, when we become adults. And, um, when, when I was talking about, uh, toxic stress a little bit earlier, um, I like to explain it this way. And I, I know, uh, Pastor Aminga heard me talk about this the other night at, um, at an event that I spoke at. And, and I like to talk about two types of stresses. There's uh, tolerable stress and then there's toxic stress. And uh, tolerable stress is I have an interview. Um, I'm really nervous about this interview. I'm stressed out about it. But uh, I prepare for the interview. I go in the interview and I interview well and I leave. My body maintains homeostasis again. It gets back balanced again. I'm good. Our bodies are supposed to do that. Right. I have a test to take tomorrow. I'm re- very nervous about this test. I go and take the test and my body gets back to you. I'm stressed, but then it balances out again. Normal. We're supposed to do that. That's yeah. tolerable stress. Toxic stress is, um, I call that the 3 a.m. stresses. Those are the things that either wake you up at 3 a.m. or keep you up until 3 a.m. And so those are things, those could be things like maybe you're worried about a child that's out there on drugs and you're constantly thinking about it all of the time. Or maybe you have a husband that is abusing you 
and you're yeah. constantly thinking about it. a wife that's uh, maybe an alcoholic. So these are things are a child that's going to school and being bullied. It's toxic stress. They're waking up at night or they can't go to sleep. Um, those things can turn into trauma. And the way that right. I describe that um, is um, there's a doctor by the name of Nadine Harrisburg. And, and I often use her analogy of this. And she talks about the bear. And um, to describe trauma and how it's affecting our body. And so what she says is, imagine that you're walking in the forest and you have your head down with your cell phone and you're just scrolling, looking at beautiful little pictures and you look up and there's this big bear in front of you. And so what do you do when you see this bear? You know, and when I ask people that, sometimes they say, yeah, (laughs) you know, men say I run some freeze. Some say we freeze. And some people say play dead. Some people say fight. One lady in one of my trainings, she said she would start speaking in tongues quickly. (laughs) So, Uh you know, it's different things that you would do. And all of those things are normal. You know, uh, if you ran, we would see you running, Pastor. If if I fought the bear, we would see me doing that. Uh, If somebody froze, we could see them doing that. Those are all things that we can see. But what is happening on the inside of our bodies when we see that bear? And really what's happening is our, our hypothalamus will send a signal to our pituitary gland. It sends a signal to our adrenal glands and it tells us to release stress hormones. And see, we're so not seeing heart, that. We're not seeing that. And so our heart will start to pound. Our pupils will dilate. Our airways will open up and we're ready to either fight that bear <laughs> Or run from the bear, right? right? And all of those things are supposed to happen if we're in a forest and there's a bear. But my question is, what happens when the bear comes home every night? Yeah. And so the, the these things, this it's it's happening over these chemicals that are being released in the brain. It's happening over and over and over again. So it goes from being adaptive and life saving to maladaptive and health damaging. So again, the bear could look like the husband that's being abusive, the wife that's, that's an alcoholic, the bully that's at school for the kids. And so chemicals are being dumped into our bodies and it's affecting our heart. It's affecting our lung. Um, it affects our immune system, our hormonal system, and even the way our DNA is read and transcribed. Yeah. And so trauma truly affects us. So it's not just the accidents or the fire or the rape, but it's even if we are going beyond tolerable stress, it can turn into trauma. Right. Right. Wow. So that, that makes me think a lot about um, our kids when they experience bullies in school. Mm-hmm. And we just want them to to you know get over it, but right, <laughs> it can have lasting scars. It can, it really can, and we can't just push it aside because when we say just get over it, or just let your teacher know about it, or don't worry about them, we don't realize that 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 stress hormone, those stress hormones are being released every time, every morning when they wake up. At night when they're right. going to bed and they're thinking about it. And so, and, and it's literally killing us on the inside. And so a lot of the health issues that we have as adults are directly connected 
to the adversity that we went through as children. Right. You know, because, and, and, you know, a lot of times people don't correlate that together, but, but it is, if you look back at your childhood trauma, uh, that your health, you know, the, the health outcome as adults is very much connected to that because of things that we went through, uh, as children. And so, you know, how do we reverse that? How do we stop that? How do we, you know, because, because there is a way to start healing trauma. And sometimes people think that it's, it's something big and broad that you have to do, but really and truly it's about having supportive people in your life, just being able to have support, being able to be there, uh, for somebody when they're going through something. And you may not be able to do it all, but what can you do? How can you be there for them? Maybe you could listen to them. Uh, being some type of support for that person actually heals trauma in people. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's where we have to start is being that support and seeing what that person needs and even looking at things from their perspective. I often, um, when I do trainings, I often, um, We'll use a picture of the six and the nine and how that, depending on what side you're standing on, looking down at it, it's a six to one person and it's a nine to the other. And yeah. so if the person that um, is still dealing with trauma um, is looking at it as a nine and you who are trauma informed know that it is definitely a six, what, then why would you argue back and forth with that person once you understand what they're going through. You have to then be able to see things from their perspective. So yeah. by the time we get off this podcast, I, my hope is that uh, through something that I share, that people are able to look at the world and look at the people around them through the lens of trauma and be able to, even though that they know that that six is a six and that other person is saying, no, it's a nine, that you would be able to walk to the other side and look at it and say, yeah, wow, I, I see how, how you can say that that's a nine. And then, and then take some steps as we go through some things today, uh, tonight on the phone, take some steps towards getting them to walk around that circle where then they get to the other side and they say, whoa, it's, it is a six. Right. Wow. It just, it looked like a nine from my side, but now I see it's a six and we're able to help them to get there, but we have to go and look at it from their perspective first. Now, what you does, know? what does trauma look like um, in adults that experience it as children? Yeah. So in adults, I mean, when, when you look at the people that, that are dealing with a lot of substance abuse, you know, to uh, numb and medicate, you know, the traumas that because they don't want to feel uh, what 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 they are feeling. So then they numb it through uh, drugs and alcohol or through some type of sexual addiction. Um, when you do think always, about do they always remember it. You know, sometimes they will remember, but some things they do forget. Um, I, I often share about how. Let's take somebody that's been maybe through a rape or something, and we'll just use a rape for example. Um, when sometimes when you're going through a crisis or a trauma, it's something very traumatic. There's a part of our brain that's called the hippocampus, 
And the hippocampus uh, is there to store memory. So when we go out and we're enjoying ourselves, the hippocampus stores those good things because you want to do that again. It wants to remember that. But God has set our body in a way in our brain to where when it's something too traumatic, too much for the, the brain to take, too much for our bodies to accept, then the hippocampus will literally go offline. And I often explain it as having a whole bunch of papers in my hand. And now this traumatic event is happening to me. Maybe there's a rape or something is happening. It's like all those papers go up in the air. Right. And as they're coming down, they are coming down in, in the hippocampus, but they are coming. Those memories are are coming into that file cabinet fragmented. And so okay. a lot of times when, you know, people are asked what happened and you hear the story one time and then you hear it again and it sounds different. And you say, yeah. well, you didn't say that the last time. And then sometimes they're looked at as though they're lying about it. But it's just because that memory is fragmented. And the, yeah. and the brain tries to protect us from remembering too much because it would be too much for us to move forward. And so sometimes those memories don't come up until later on in life. And sometimes they never come back up. Wow. And yeah. But that's so, a way to protect the person. It is a way to protect them because it's, it's just too much. Some things are too much to handle. If you think about um, not just children, but adults too, that disassociate. You know, if a child um, is, you know, maybe being molested and, and they disassociate. And I know that when when I was a child, you know, I, I started being molested at the age two uh, by an uncle. And uh, when that is happening, um, you know, and it, and it went on throughout my, my childhood. And 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 at a certain point, uh, it was, you know, different men after my uncle, because I did go to tell um my grandmother would have happened and she told me to hush and never to say that again. And so yeah. I never told again after that. And so there was times when it was happening to me that I can remember just disassociating and going outside of my body because right. I could not process as a child what was happening. So the only thing I could do was disassociate. And then there was other times when, you know, my, my dad was very loved my dad, but he was a very violent man. He beat my mom, yeah. you know, often. And I can remember being in the car as a, as a child and him, you know, like taking my mom's head and banging it up against the, the car window. And yeah. I, re, I can remember the first time he, her head would hit the window, I would literally go up into the clouds and I still remember it. I would go up into the clouds and I can remember looking down at my dad's car and I was sitting on a cloud, like Indian style on a cloud, looking down at my dad's car. And the next time I was in my body, back into my body, I he was taking me out of the car and carrying me into the house. And so I don't remember him hitting her again after that one hit. I would disassociate because right. I could not fight. I could not flight. And I did not want to just freeze because I would still have to see what was going on. So I disassociated. Does and remembering so, the trauma, does remembering the trauma, uh, is that a step in, uh, a step in healing from it? Or can you heal without knowing or going backwards to, to really relive it? Wait, can you say that again? I'm sorry. Well, oh, I was, I was wondering. Said? I was wondering, does he, does, um, 
going back and, and talking about it and mm-hmm. actually remembering all that happened. Um, does that, do you have to do that in order to heal from it first? Um, cause I, yeah. I would say from like, for me, like there was a lot of things that I went through as a child, a lot of violence mm-hmm. and stuff like that, that I started remembering more after, after I became an adult and I started wow. dreaming about it. And then as I started dreaming about it, I started talking about it. And, and, and in the beginning, it did not feel like I was healing from it. I felt like I was opening old wounds. But then uh, uh, later on, if I could feel that I was healing from it, mm-hmm. and as I would begin to open it, um, it lost its power over me. Mm-hmm. It's so important. It's so important to talk about it. It's the only way that you can heal. You have to go back. You have to go back and unlock that that thing. You have to unlock it in, in, in order to, you have to, those memories that may have been fragmented and you may remember a lot about it, but once you start to talk about those traumas, there will be some things that will come up that you're like, wow, I forgot that happened. Or you'll start remembering other things that happen once you allow yourself to start talking about it and open it up. And that I think that that's what, makes people so afraid is that they don't want to go back to those memories because they hurt so bad. But in order for you to heal, you have to go back, but you have to yeah. make sure that you're with a, a trauma coach or, or a therapist, somebody that knows how to take you back and walk you through those steps, you know, so that you don't get re-traumatized. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, there, another thing I was thinking about is that, you know, when, when you look at children, a lot of times, especially in boys, you hear, you hear parents say, don't cry, stop crying. You're a boy, get up. You're okay. You're fine. Don't cry. Don't, you know, or, or, um, they may maybe scold the child and then say, and I, and, and you better not, you better not shed a tear or you better not. Right. And what people are not realizing is that when you do not allow a child to express whatever it is that they're feeling as far as crying, if they need to cry or if they need to and and you make them stop, then they are going to suppress that. And it's still there. Right. So if it was anger, it is still there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that you should let your children be angry and angry and scream at you. That is not what I'm saying. But when you say don't cry, you shouldn't feel that way. Don't feel this way. You have to let people feel what they feel and get it out. Or are they going to suppress it? They're going to suppress it. And, and then when they get older, the, all this stuff is still inside and they cannot do life. They can't do relationships because they don't know how to express themselves. And when they do, it's just anger that comes out. You know, so it's important for us to allow that to come through when, when your children, so that, you know, whatever adversity, whatever things that you're going through, that you allow your children to talk about it with you. Amen. That's good. That's good. Alberto, um, we see that you're on. Yes. How y'all doing? Hey, my friend. Hi. Um, everybody's good. Yeah. How was your day? Oh, we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm trying not to say much about it, so maybe it'll just get better as time, you know, not to put it in the air. But, you know, Shauna, when you were saying about a child and the things that you go through that traumatize you, the abuse that you see or the things that you see happening to others, how you do step outside. And then mm-hmm. as that happened, as you see it again, 
you be like, I remember this happening to me. But I was probably, ugh, I had a cousin. And I probably had to be, I don't know, I want to say between that four, five, uh-huh. something. I can't remember as much. But what I did is when my mom would tell me we would go to Texas a lot, we, li- we lived in Detroit. So when we went to Texas, I'd say, well, how old were, was I when you used to go to Texas? Because I was trying to tell, I wouldn't tell nobody. I wouldn't say anything. But I was trying to figure out the age. So I had a cousin because my parents would go, you know, everybody went to parties and things like that. And it wasn't they fought because they went to parties. It's just that they leaving you with a family member, not knowing that that family member is, is trying things with you. Mm. Right. And nobody, you know, knows. And as a child, as I grew, as I got older and began to have my kids, I would say I'm watching everybody. And if I go to jail, it's to kill someone who touched one of my kids. Mm-hmm. And I literally meant I'm gonna kill you, and it wasn't. It, I meant it. So, and not being able to tell your parents, you know. And the only thing I can remember is that the the things that I saw. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I, I I was penetrated with with my uncle. I think I was, but I don't. I, I the things that you step away from and you don't think about. You don't know what the actions was. So if, you, if I was to right. sit down and say, hey, um, I remember seeing his body part that I shouldn't have saw. Mm-hmm. I remember this, but I don't know what happened. Some of the actions, mm-hmm. you know. So I remember when my uncle would come home sometime with my my dad, he would jump in the bed with us. And I hated that. I would jump on the other mm-hmm. side of my brother because I knew that I felt his actions. His action mm-hmm. would be, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I would yeah. feel a movement, you know, right. but I would just like act like that wasn't happening I would think I went to sleep but I really went somewhere else mm-hmm. so right. as I became as I became a teenager and I would hear people say about their virginity and I would say well mine's been gone to myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I would say because I would hear them say well when you first have sex you have intercourse you're gonna bleed a little and I was like well mine's been gone but the Lord mm-hmm. is so good because even though he took me away from that, I didn't stop loving my cousin. I didn't stop mm-hmm. loving my uncle. But when I would see them come around, I knew it wasn't them. As a child, right. I knew that that was the spirit. I didn't mm-hmm. know what it meant, but I knew it wasn't them. I said, that's mm-hmm. not them. And I still love them. You know, mm-hmm. I even was able to tell them that I forgave them. Mm-hmm. But when I did begin, when I did, when it was time for me to have my first encounter with sex, as in me and a willingly, I did do what everybody said that happened. So mm-hmm. God made me new, mm-hmm. you right. know, and, and you, you don't, I don't remember like the penetration. I know those things had to happen, but mm-hmm. it wasn't that it was, you know, maybe it's them fumbling with me. I don't know, but I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, re- I, I can relate to you. I wasn't there. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I knew it wasn't right. But I was right. looking more th- than being there. Right. And you remember those things. So I was overprotective with my kids. I mean, right. when I moved right. away from home and moved here in Baton Rouge in 99, I didn't let my daughters be in nothing. I watched everybody. I worked that I could be around my children all the time. It makes you a whole nother person. But the only mm-hmm. thing you have in your mind is you will kill somebody. And it mm-hmm. took a long time for me to get that out of me. So maybe mm-hmm. that it made me hard, a very hard woman, 
You know, I, it would, it, yeah, it made me, I would shoot you. It wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't care. And it, God had to change those things in me because death wasn't something I would do to you if you touch one of my kids. Mm-hmm. Sean, so, Sean, uh, Alberta brings up a good point. Does, mm-hmm. does surviving trauma, the surviving trauma, um, is that predicated on you forgiving and, uh, yeah. Do, do you have to, if you're going to heal from it, do mm-hmm. you have to forgive first? Well, you know, the thing is, is that you can start processing the trauma. Even forgiveness is a huge part of it. It is mm-hmm. huge. It is huge because I had to do that. I had to forgive. And I, I was walking around with unforgiveness and didn't even realize that I was walking around with it because I just thought, well, I'm okay now. I'm helping other people get through trauma. I'm telling other people they have to forgive. So everything's good. But when I, when God, I really allowed God to search my heart, there was still some unforgiveness in there and which was causing me not to be able to, um, get to certain places that emotionally, mentally, and spiritually that God was trying to get me to because there was unresolved uh, unforgiveness there, right. you know? And, and so that had to be released. And um, so that is a, that is a huge part of, uh, of healing is, is, is unforgiveness. Um, I mean, it's forgiveness is, is a huge part of the healing process. Huge. Um, because here's the thing, you may never, ever hear them say, I'm sorry. Um, right. but right. we have to learn how to sow seeds of forgiveness, even when they don't come to us and say that I'm sorry, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and the body, and I, I understand her as far as, you know, going through things as a child. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. The, um, the body does keep keep the score. Um, even if it's a child that's in the crib that can't even talk yet, that's just maybe three months old that has been touched, they can't process what has happened to them because they don't understand it. And it may be when they're 30 some years old, they may remember or, you know, you, you may find women and men that in certain certain times they may not be able to be touched in cert- on certain places of their bodies. They just cringe and they don't know why they can't understand right. why. But if you touch them in a certain area, they're like, don't touch me there. And they don't even understand why. And right. sometimes it's something that happened in childhood. It may have been in the crib. It may have been at two or three when they could not process what was really happening. But the body keeps the score on a cellular level. And so and so as when you grow up and you become an adult, your body still know, Okay, well, I'm learning about this and that's not right. Your body and your brain understands that, oh, that happened to me before, even when you couldn't process it. And so in 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 healing from trauma, if you find a good trauma coach or a good therapist, when you're when we're when you're unlayering those things, those things will come up. Sometimes you'll be like, I remember feeling this, but I don't ever really remember it happening. But I just yeah. feel like this may have happened. And so that's another healing that has to take place, you know, because maybe that's why you're so uh, jumpy when someone touches you in that place, because right. maybe something happened, you know. Right, right. And it may not always be sexual. It could be something else, you know. It could be an accident or something that happened, and, and maybe in th- that area of your body was affected, and, but you were too young to process that, you yeah. know. 
So, um, yeah. And being a child, wow. you can't tell anyone. And if wow. you tell someone, like that was my daddy's baby brother, he would have, he wouldn't be. My dad would be in jail, and he wouldn't be living. So you learn mm-hmm. it as a child that you cannot say nothing. That you going through your pain can cause some worse things. And I learned all that little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you learn, but my cousin passed before I can tell him that I forgave him. I wasn't in a forgiving mode, but I allowed him to be in my presence. So I guess that was part of my forgiveness. My uncle is still living, but I was able to tell him. But I only forgave when I went to an encounter. I went to an encounter about 15, 14, I'll say 16 years ago. And they had mm-hmm. us write these things down. And they had these coaches around and they knew what women, of course, go through or men or go through. But it was a women's encounter and we had to write it down. And once we wrote it down, we talked, we talked if we chose to. But I realized it was better to talk about it, write it down. And then we threw it in the fire. Mm-hmm. And once we did that, I forgot yeah. in, a, in a certain way. I, I forgave and forgot. And the Lord allowed me, he reminded me that when you, when I was little, that that was spirits. Yeah. Before I knew what spirits was, I could see that, but I didn't know what I was seeing. I was like, that's not him. He don't look like that. You know, you know what I'm talking about? As a child, you write down and you scribble a a, a ghost face, but you know, that person don't look like that, but that's what you feel. So, yeah. And that's how, that's how I ended up Forgiven is through that, through that um, encounter. Wow! Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's there's Thank a thing. Thank you so much, Alberta. You welcome. Yes, yeah. thanks for sharing. Um, there's a thing um, called Suds level, and and it's how it's and 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 some therapists use this uh, in order for the person that they're working with. Are you there? Yeah, we're here. Hello? Okay, okay. In order for the person that you're working with to really be able to uh, understand if that trauma is still in their body. So if you uh, can still feel it in your body, whether it's fear or anger, if you still feel it in your body, then it's kind of like your your body's way of telling you that that, that trauma is still there. Yeah. And so um, what some therapists will do is, is to have that person to kind of like, Focus on like, like kind of think about the trauma. Like you think about what it is that you may have gone through something right. that you may have gone through. It was very traumatic. And then you kind of focus in and locate it. And then you, you drop into your body. Like just think about anything that, that was traumatic to you right now. Yeah. If you think about something and then just drop into your body and on a scale from zero to 10, where would you rate like that intensity or that pain? Or uh, around that memory, like what are you feeling? You know, so if it's like a six, seven, eight, nine, or ten, um, then that's information for you of you know where it's at, the intensity of how much it is still inside of your body, how much it is still affecting you. And right, so right. you know, if you can just if you can drop down in there and, and feel that, then you know when when you think about it. Um, whatever it is, it's still, it's really still affecting your brain. And so if it's still affecting your brain, then 
everything that you look at, you're looking at it through the lens and of whatever that is that happened to you, you know, so you're still, even when you think or when you think about it and, and, you know, and you, you try to process it, everything that you look at in your world is going to come through that intensity because you're looking at it through the lens of whatever has happened to you. Right. And so, you know, Anytime we can think about anything that has happened in our past or or that's happening to us now, and we literally allow ourselves to drop into our body and feel the intensity of it. And if it's anywhere from a six above beyond, then everything that you look at, you're going to look at through like through a filter of that. Right. And so you're going to process the world through that. You're going to make decisions through that. Your environment is going to be processed through that trauma. No matter how much we try not to, you're still going to be affected by that and everything around you will. So if you're not allowing yourself to be healed from that trauma, everything you see is going to be through the lens of that trauma. Wow. You know? Yeah. It was uh, earlier when you were uh, talking about, um, the the constant barrage of hormones that's in, that's that's constantly being introduced to your body. Um, it made me think about why we also stop eating the meat because mm-hmm. the way that the meat is killed, right? Um, the meat is is subjected to the fear, the hormone of fear, right? And so they have to stop. Like kosher meat, right? Like kosher meat, right? Jewel, turn your turn your volume down for a second, please. So they have to. uh, uh, Kosher meat is is not killed so openly. What where it puts hormones into the meat? That's Mm -hmm. why it's kosher. Uh, So the hormones are not saturated. Those fear hormones. Mm -hmm. And what we do in, in America, we eat those hormones. We eat that fear. We eat that stress that goes into those animals. And then we're wondering why we have that stress and we have those anxieties and Mm -hmm. stuff like that because we're eating the hormones of those animals that have that stress and hormone uh, before they die. Right. I'm going to be honest. That's good. I'm going to be honest, Shauna, in talking and and discussing this. My heart is racing. And um, I, I, um, Pastor keep asking me to talk, but um, I literally can't talk. Um, my heart is beating so fast. Um, even the word trauma or just even being on here, um, is is a little bit much for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and why why are you feeling that? Why do you think you're feeling that? And. Um, just a life of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, just a life of trauma of, of many different types of trauma. You know what I mean? Whether uh, uh, hearing loved ones saying they'd kill me in my sleep mm-hmm. as a child. You know, if I said a word, or you know what I mean? Just years and years and years of trauma. And you know, we talked about forgiveness and how that's a huge part of a huge part of um our healing and yes you can you can definitely forgive but at the end of the day it's that hurt that deep rooted hurt that has to be dealt with and the and disappointment does that make sense 
Julie. Julie. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, my bad. I didn't think y'all can hear me. <laughs> Thought I was muted. Uh, yeah, um, I was wondering how she was saying if you don't deal with it, then, um, then you'll always like react in certain situations or just the way your reactions are and everything like that will be like a messed up kind of way or whatever. How do you deal with it? Like other than just like facing it, what uh-huh. do you do? How facing your trauma? Yeah. Like other than just, okay, I know this happened. And so like, how do you face it? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Other than just knowing it happened, like, how do you deal with it? How do you face it? I think like Shauna was saying earlier, is um, having someone that you're di- talking to, um, having having a counselor, having someone that you're dealing with these things with and not trying to deal with it on your own. Um, one of the things that Shauna said earlier, she said uh, that we can end up uh, traumatizing ourselves again when we try to do it on our own, right? Or we try to, to open ourselves back up. Or we try to open ourselves back up with somebody that's not trained, that doesn't know how to uh, um, close us back up. Like one of the things when I when I teach on counseling, right, is I try not try not to open somebody up that and, and open them up in a way where they don't I don't know how to close them back up before the session ends. Right? Right. So it's important to make sure that we don't even even as Christian counseling, that we don't open somebody up to try to take them somewhere that they're not able to go. Right. Right. And it's like and, in my mind uh-huh. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's like in my mind, how Amiga was saying, like, just listening to this, it's like so hard for me not to cry. And it's like my blood is boiling. Yeah. And um, Alberta said how the thing about, um, like, God had fixed her or whatever, because when it did happen, then it, uh, you know, it happened the way people said, well, and my what happened to me, I thought didn't happen like that to where what people said would happen when it happened didn't happen for me. So now I'm like, yeah. is that why? And so I'm like, and it's not just like that type of stuff, like sexual assault, but like just mental abuse, physical yeah. abuse in my family. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, I'm good, you know, because... I knew I knew about it. I I went around my grandfather, who was the one that molested me. I went around my dad, who was abusive, and yeah. in my mind, I was good. But now I'm like furious. Well, that's okay. And sometimes we go through those those times where we are furious, and sometimes where we feel okay, and that's okay. That's definitely okay. Um, and when you have those times. You need to process it. Why today am I feeling furious? Why today am I feeling sad? Why do I, why am I feeling those things? And then process it with somebody that you feel comfortable processing it with. Nola, you're on. 
What do you think about what Julie just said? Thank you, Julie. No, Hi, everyone. Uh, can you guys hear me clearly? Yeah. Yes. Did you hear what Julie just said? I'd love to hear your uh, thoughts on it. Yeah. Um. Um. First off, I I I want to say, you know, I I, I know this is even hard to talk about for for all the people that called in. Um, the people have been talking on this topic. Um. I was calling in to um, come from another perspective, I guess. And it, it kind of goes back to what uh, Ms. Jules was saying earlier. She was talking about uh, the mental abuse and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So in regards to trauma, um, it comes in all different forms, right? And, you know, it can come from, like, trauma of something that we saw, that we've seen, um, like... Um, growing up, seeing a lot of fighting, seeing a lot of seeing seeing your parents fight or seeing your your mother abused or things of, yeah. things of that nature. Uh, for me, that was my trauma. Um, yeah. Growing up, and then what happened is uh, it manifested. The trauma manifested in my future relationships. Um, yeah. Because what I realized, because I wasn't because of the environment that I was raised in was something that I was accustomed to passive aggressiveness, um, not being able to communicate, uh, only knowing how to communicate a a certain way or certain things like that. Um, it caused me to be in a place where I couldn't even communicate as an adult. And so, um, that's like the, the topic we were talking on last week when, um, I was saying, you know, when you go through that process of shedding, Right, and you go into a place of what they call depression, and it's dark, and you have and you have to sit with a, a lot of the feelings that you had, you know, a lot of the things that you're dealing with. Um, there's a lot of I'm sorry, guys, there's a lot of feedback. Yeah, on the, a lot of noise. Uh, whoever's um, doing please, something, please, <laughs> if if anyone is not speaking into the um phone, please mute your phone because it's very distracting. We can't hear. And then when you're speaking, just unmute and we will mute ourselves. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. How do you mute it? Should be a mute button on your online. You, you have a mute button um on your on your screen. Yeah. On your phone. Down at the bottom should be a little microphone. Go ahead, no. Yes, go ahead. Oh, yeah, but I was just going. I was, I was, I was just shedding a different perspective on that um, with with trauma because I know a lot of individuals when they when they talk about trauma, you know, definitely sexual trauma is a big major thing. Um, but yeah. I, I was talking from a place of like verbal abuse or seeing yeah. seeing abuse. Um, yeah. Seeing abuse is trauma. Is is yes. literally trauma. Yes, and um, I think for me when I was going through going through my own journey like I say going through my journey and I was seeing it manifesting in the relationship so I was seeing that you know how they say um what what they call it the law of attraction that's what some people call it or you know mm-hmm. you, be, you you bring around you what's inside you yeah. you know so that trauma that hurt that pain that what I experienced as a child I was manifesting it in, into my adult life so like so um, are people was, that people that have dealt with trauma as a child are they attracted to trauma as an adult 
I, I mean, for for I'm just using my uh-huh. my journey. Now it could be for other people. It could be their journey as well or experience. But for me, I I, I literally was manifesting that. You know, manifest until I went through that place of healing, that discovery, and going through that moment of depression and going through that that moment of darkness where I was seeing myself. And like I said um, the last time, I was saying that I started had to started having to look deep inside and seeing a lot of the trauma that I was holding, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of the things that I saw, a lot of things I experienced. So um, in my adult life, I literally was manifesting abusive relationships or abusive right. friendships or, right. you know, right. until I went through that place of healing. And, 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 and the thing is, you know, when I hear you guys, I, you know, hearing some of the callers and hearing the, the, the host, when you guys were saying, you know, even talking about this topic is is a lot. Yeah. You know, that is that's I mean, I, I can imagine that being a lot. Um, but I think for for me and, and my experience that it was just the stripping away. It was literally when I went through that dark moment and then had to come up from that that, that healing process. And it wasn't very right. easy. It wasn't easy at all, but that's all I wanted to call in and say. I, I hope that makes sense. I was just saying yeah. that, um, you know, how you can manifest those those hurts and pains that you deal with. It starts to manifest in your life. You you can see it in your friendships, your relationships. You start seeing you you literally start living out the trauma that you kind of experience. I don't know if that makes sense or kind of yeah. bringing it to you. Julie, you. does that answer your question? Julie, you still there? She may be on the mute. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out how to unmute it. Sorry. Did they ask you your question? Um, I guess. <laughs> okay. okay. I was going to say, Nola, what you said, with the, um, how is the law of attraction, the, um, how is the law that, um, you know, going through different different types of trauma, uh, whether it's uh, we watch our family members being hurt, yeah. or being raped, or and then going through it yourself. But then how, you know, we don't talk about the spiritual trauma that oh, we yeah. go through even in the church. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and for me, I think um, that's probably one of my biggest... Um, things to deal with outside of um you know just family but going to a safe haven where the church is supposed to be you know god and healing and but then when you're violated within the church mm-hmm. that's a whole different kind of trauma oh yeah i can i can definitely see that and understand that because it is a place of healing and it's supposed to be this place where it's a safe place a safe space yeah, but I just yeah. wanted to. But we don't. So many times we don't talk about that. That's taboo. That's taboo. you know what I mean to talk about you know what, what goes on. To talk about what goes on. Yeah. How can we? How can we? How can we change that then? With Having us? discussions like this and being yeah. open and honest and raw. And you know, I I feel like um, too. There's a lot of, you know. When it comes to to pastoring, 
um, you know, pastors, of course, they know the Bible, you know, back and front, but it does not mean I often say that, that this is that, um, just because a pastor is a pastor does not mean that they understand the dynamics of trauma and the dynamics of domestic violence and the dynamics of rape and all of those things, uh, you know, and so, um, a lot of times I, I find, found that people within the church sometimes when, when someone that's dealing with trauma comes to them, especially in the, with domestic violence or even sometimes sexual abuse, you know, or, right, or something right. that's coming up from a child, um, that they are not quite sure how to handle it. And so, um, I just feel like that there should be more churches getting uh, trained in trauma-informed care and getting trained in domestic violence and the dynamics of that. Because, you know, just because you can pass, you pastor a church does not mean that you understand the dynamics of domestic violence. And it's very important to understand trauma. And even if the pastors do not have the time to get trained in that, then, then allow your leaders to be trained in yes. that. Right. So that right. way, if somebody's right. coming to you with something that they, you have some people within the church. Right. Did we lose her? She's still disconnected. Sure. Oh, there she goes. We lost her. Oh, we lost her. But yeah, I totally agree um, with having. Um, those different um, having people within the church because um, that's what the church is though that's what kingdom is is um, we, we're all the body right and each part of the body um, operates as a function right mm, That's right. and so if if her um, her function her anointing is in trauma then those are the people that should be um what, what were you looking for? Uh, just doing the training and um, being able to um, enlighten or awaken the church into yeah. as to even how to pass to someone who has gone through uh, different different uh, kinds of trauma. Yeah, you know what I mean because we tend to uh, box everybody in in this one box, but the church is a hospital and yeah. people come with all kind of hurts and hangups and when you have your own hurt and hang up too that you haven't dealt with, then you're trying to pass somebody who has right. hurt and hang up. Which is one of the things I always talk to our leaders about. Right. You can't take somebody That's somewhere right. that you're not that willing, you're not to, go willing to go yourself. That's you're right. not, you can't take somebody in the heal, to a healing place that you're not willing to go yourself. You can't right. tell somebody they should go to treatment if you ain't willing to go yourself. Exactly. You can't tell somebody to go to counseling, you know, marriage counseling. You ain't willing to go to marriage counseling yourself. True. You know what I mean? So, it, um, probably one of the greatest things that I ever did was go to counseling. Right. You know what I mean? Because I know what counseling is. So when I take somebody through counseling, I actually know <laughs> what counseling is and I can actually talk about it. Right. Right. Versus telling somebody to do something that I've never done before. Right. Right. And I think too, and I'm, I'm on with you guys. I think too, hey. um, <laughs> yeah. um, I think too, like, what are you guys thoughts on, the idea of forgiveness because forgiveness has a lot to do with overcoming those, those pains and those hurts yeah. and that trauma. And so I think that a lot of people, uh, a lot of individuals, um, we, we 
we say we healed, but we haven't really went through that process of forgiveness. Like we, it's easy to say, um, I forgive somebody, but when you truly forgiven, you know, yeah. is it, is it possible that that hurt would no longer be there or yeah. does the hurt still be there even though you've forgiven? And I've always been a little bit, I don't want to say confused, but I've always been like, you know, wanted individuals to go into detail about the idea of forgiveness and healing yeah. because you can say you've forgiven, but you see that person down the street, yeah. you feel something. It, 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 you feel something in your gut is, is something still there, you know? I, so I was always taught that if you talk about a situation and anything pricks you in your heart or you see that person and something pricks, that means there's not forgiveness. Um, now I do believe in forgiveness. Um, mm-hmm. but that, but the hurt and forgiveness is two different things, right? You know right, what I mean? Because right. I can forgive you completely, 100% forgive you, but the memory of that feeling is still there and that hurt yeah. is still there. So now as I have forgiven you, you can't heal my heart. I still yeah. have to go in and allow my heart to be healed. And that's where I need someone who is going to, I love how Shauna said he was going to be there with me and, and not yeah. tell me not to feel that way. or I shouldn't feel that way or you're better than like, no, I'm hurt. And so, so acknowledge my hurt and, 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 you know what I mean? And allow me to heal in that. That doesn't mean I don't forgive the person because yeah. that hurt doesn't just stem from, I think the hurt that lasts so, that's so embedded is not just from that person, but it's because years and years of that same thing kept happening and you yes. never, it, it never, it never fully healed. And so you kept like scratching at that wound, scratching at it and it began mm-hmm. to get infected. Yeah. And so it never got healed right. in that area. So then once that area begins to heal, now here's another hurt in another area. You know what I mean? And so we're, right. we're constantly having to go um to the cross and yeah. get healed. Uh, but see, Paul calls it a, a record of wrong. Hmm. He says he says many of us keep a record of wrong. I don't think yeah. that's what I'm saying at all. As far oh. as a record of wrong, I'm talking about hurt. Not remember to me, a record of wrong is keeping keeping account of each time somebody hurts you. I'm talking mm-hmm. about in your heart, mm. like like no, like I'm not going to say oh she did that or he did that, you know, three years ago. No, I'm talking about someone else hit that hurt. Someone else yeah. hit. It's not the same person, but that hurt. I don't know how to. Um, mm-hmm. I I honestly don't know when that when that um comes out do you, you see what i'm saying yeah but it's, i don't right. think it's i don't think it's keep because to me keeping a record of wrong is keeping account of oh they did this to me last week oh they did the same thing last you know holding a grudge holding a grudge that's keeping a record a hurt is um it's just a, a hurt it's just um especially it's um if it's something that happened as a child yeah and, um and and no one never allowed you to talk you know we was always taught don't talk about it Right. Mm. Don't talk about right. it. And so now we're able to talk about it, but still it's like it's um it's still not um we're not being it's not um being validated. A wound is healed any like any other wound, even a uh, um a wound that's deep like a a heart wound. It has to be healed, it has to be bandaged, it has to be anointed with oil, it has to be given over to the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? Like allow God to to heal it, you know what I mean. Um, many of us we have wounds, but we don't give them to the healer, the person that can heal it. We hold on to those wounds, 
So we have to continue to give those up. And far and far as um holding on to like um unforgiveness and things like that, let's say it's like this. Unforgiveness is is um it's like me holding on, me drinking the poison and hoping the other person die. Um, I'm constantly, constantly holding on to it, constantly holding on to it. And the other person can go on with their life, can continue going on with their life. But I'm the one that's suffering from the unforgiveness. So unforgiveness, for, for the process of forgiveness is a process. It doesn't mean that I'm, I say I'm forgi- I forgive you and it's over today. But it's a process. So if I say I forgive you today, then I have to say it again tomorrow. And then I forgive you a little bit more today than I did yesterday. And this process goes on until whatever it was that happened loses its power. It has to lose its power. So it's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that happens maybe even in a year. But that process of forgiveness... It's, it's whatever happened to us, whatever that trauma was, it loses its power over time. So it's not it's not a thing that's going to just snap of a finger. Okay, I forgive. You know what I mean? So I am going to hold some things. You know what I mean? I am going to hold some things. I am going to still hold hurt. I am going to still hold some bitterness. It is going to still be there until I continue to give it over to God, continue to Every day, forgive, forgive a little more, forgive a little more, forgive a little more. And this might not be what you were talking That's about, right. but I'm. this is what what I feel God is telling me to say right now is that for whoever is out there dealing with this process, you're wondering why you're still getting angry over it. It's because there's still some residue of it still left. And maybe it's still more forgiving that you have to do. There's still a piece left and continue to forgive, continue to forgive, continue to ask God to say, hey, is there anything in me that still I have not forgiven? Is there anything left? Look at Job. Look at all everything that Job went through. At the end of Job, if you read that last chapter. God tells Job something very, very important that we need to look at. God tells Job. To go and pray for his friends. And when he tells him to go pray for his friends. Go and forgive his friends. After he goes and prays for them and forgives them. Then he finds his healing. It wasn't until then. And if you look in the process of of every time God talks about forgiveness. It ends up being a process. He says, um. He says, by the measure that you forgive, you will also be forgiven. He also goes on to say something like this. In the, he says, uh, in, your, in the Lord's Prayer, he talks about the way that you forgive will be the way that you will be forgiven. There's this process of forgiveness where it doesn't happen overnight, but it is a process. So we all going to go through the process of forgiveness we all go through the stages of grief when somebody hurts us there's a state there's the stages of grief that we go through and pastor um mm-hmm. and and 
piggybacking on that that process because it's not just the act what you know that that act of of trauma that took place but the healing process is dealing with the the feeling of not being good enough the rejection the fear the doubt and all the stuff that came with that actual act of trauma and that's why i believe that it's a process because you're not just dealing with the actual act the act is one thing that's the Mm -hmm. that's the source of it but the stuff that came with the act the fear that came with the act the trauma that came with the act right the 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 self-esteem issue that came with the act it and that's why the process takes so much time because you're not you you may have gotten over the fact that the the, the act happened, but right. now you're dealing with all this other hurt, like uh, the the self esteem, how, how the, the insecurity, how you made I feel, how you make me feel, right? That. The the right. fear that I felt when this happened, the the hurt that I felt when this happened, the right. the depression that I felt when this happened, and all the 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 other stems of yeah. that what that trauma brought. So that's why the process say so you're not just dealing with the act, the source. You're dealing with all right. the other stuff that came with the source that that was yeah. interjected into you because with you know with with sexual trauma for example sexual trauma it brings up it, it brings whole so much stuff with it yeah so it's not just the hurt and the physical act of it but it's like like uh like you guys said earlier it's the spiritual act that comes right. with it it's the you know the emotional it's the betrayal the, the, the betrayal yeah. all those different things so. You're not just dealing with one thing. You're dealing with a number of different things and you have to tackle yeah. it one by one by one by one by one. And it doesn't happen overnight. That that right. thing happens. It takes years for some people. Yes. It takes a long time, you know. So when you um, go through that process of tackling all of because now you may have dealt with fear. Now you you walking in your power. Yeah, I'm walking in power. But I got this self-esteem issue, this confidence issue that that came with that. You see so it's not just one thing; it's a number of yeah. different things. It's a lot of different things. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Now I'm going back on mute. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow, what a powerful show! What a powerful show, Julie. How are you feeling right now? I'm good. I don't. I don't know. I'm good. Good, you sure? Yep. You sound good. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts in my mind, but I'm good. You want to share anything with us? Yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Do you think you're holding on to unforgiveness? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know because I don't know what the difference between unforgiveness and hurt is. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm just hurt from it or if I don't forgive. Yeah. Do you think, um, when you think about the things that happened, are you feeling like you want to? Uh, you want revenge or do you feel um, more of I still can't believe that happened um, 
when I think about certain things, I feel like um, I don't have to get revenge because things have already happened to where the revenge is already given. Yeah. And then there's other things that there's you can't get revenge for. It's just um, mental things that you just there's no revenge you can get for. It's just traumatizing things or stuff like that. Yeah. Well, this is what I I would like you to do. I would really like you to do some counseling. Okay. And you open to that? Yeah. Okay. We're going to set that up. All right. All right. Okay. I am. Wow. What a powerful show. Powerful show. Sorry, Shauna wasn't able to, uh, to stay on the whole show. We lost her, her phone. So we're going to do this show again. Um, maybe do a part two, uh, next, maybe next Tuesday, do a part two next Tuesday. So, um, let's, uh, plan for that part two next Tuesday and continue on with this episode. So I really, really, really want you guys to, um, to please, please share this, share this show. Um, I'll probably get the episode out tomorrow. And then uh, we share it and, and get prepared for the episode, the second episode uh, next week. All right. So I'm praying for everyone that was on the show tonight. Praying, guys, that for healing in our lives, in your life, that God continues to do what he's already started to do. Healing from trauma. You guys are already survivors. You've already won. The battle is won. Now God needs to help you and continue to for you to walk in the victory that you've already won. Amen. So looking forward to talking to you guys later. Love you. We're out. Bye. Good night.